I am Jennifer Zeman, your host of the Food That Binds on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network. Today, I'm joined by Lindsay Green Moser. You may know Lindsay from her account, The Hunger Diaries, where she's known for eating huge portions of food, also known as mukbangs. But Lindsay is a bit of a different mukbanger. She calls herself a professional eater, but she also believes that you can eat whatever you want and still lead a healthy lifestyle. Lindsay started a new account called Cake 2 Fitness, where she evangelizes, well, having your cake and eating it too. We talked about this and so much more. Hi, Lindsay. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you so much for having me. Could you please introduce yourself to listeners who might not know who you are? Yes. So my name is Lindsay. My new married name is Lindsay Moser. I just got married right before the pandemic. Really, Congrats. (laughs) Really, uh, (laughs) escaped some terribleness on that end. Um, But I am a food blogger slash influencer slash professional eater slash mukbanger, whatever you want to call it. Basically, I eat food on camera and talk about it for a living, more or less. When did you know that food was going to be a thing for you? Uh, So food has always been something that's huge in my life. My mom has always been a really great cook. We always had the Food Network on like all the time uh, when I was growing up. I even did like my own little cooking shows like to nobody in my my mom's (laughs) kitchen, (laughs) just like the center island looking out into the backyard or whatever. But it was never something that I really considered a viable like career option for me. It just seems so far reaching, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually got into real estate first after I got out of college because my dad was in real estate and I really, really didn't like it. Um, So I had talked with another girl that was also doing real estate and she wanted to start a food blog in South Florida, which is where I'm from. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to do that. I love food so much. And I've been someone too that has always had a huge appetite to the point where I wouldn't really be invited over friends' houses for dinner because <laughs> their, their parents would say they didn't have enough food for me. They only had <laughs> enough food for four, not six or eight for Lindsay. <laughs> I knew I liked you for a reason. Same, same. <laughs> so it's always been something I've been like known for within my like group of friends and family, but not something that everybody else really like knew about me. So when I got approached about this like little food blog in South Florida, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most exciting thing. And it didn't end up working out with the other girl, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is definitely what I want to do. And so when me and my husband moved up to Atlanta for him to get his MBA, I just quit real estate and I got a bartending job and I'm like, I'm going to make it work, you know, get to work, you know, at night bartending and food blog during the day and figure this out. Oh, let's see. So 2014 is when I like decided to start. And then I think it was 2015, 2016 that we Mm -hmm. were in Atlanta. And so you're bartending and then you started Hunger Diaries? Yeah. So I started the Hunger Diaries while we were still in South Florida, but it wasn't something like super serious. I was just kind of doing it on the side with real estate And so I was probably like a year into like messing around with it when we moved to Atlanta. And that's when I was like really trying to like 
make a push for it as like a little person. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, that's when I think I first started, maybe even South Florida, because I have family down there. When I started following you, did you initially start with mukbangs or was it just kind of like food blogging? Here I am eating this. So it started out with pictures. So I was going to restaurants, I was taking photos of the food, I was posting it, they was like giving my review of it basically. And while I was in Atlanta, a girl that we met at the gym we went to there sent me a casting call for a Food Network show, Guy's Big Project. And so I auditioned for that and I got in. And so we shot, it's basically like a next Food Network star, but for like a Food Network roadshow host. Okay. And so I did that and it was like the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done, but super fun. And I, after that, I was like, I just really want to be in front of the camera, you know? So that summer we were in Boulder for him to do his internship. And I started my YouTube channel and I had no idea what I was doing, but I was just like doing like little taste tests and reviews. And I kind of hit a point where I'm like, all right, nothing's really happening. And usually when that happens for me, I have to pivot and I usually will like take a course or something to try to like learn something. Maybe something will come to me. And so I took a YouTube course and this girl's course mentioned uh, this thing, Keywords Everywhere, which is like a, a SEO tool where you can okay. search to see how many people are searching for different things and competition. Mm. So I started just kind of going down like into the depths Smart. of YouTube, looking up what people were wanting to watch and things that had like high view counts with low follower numbers. And I found mukbang. And I couldn't look away. Like it was ASMR <laughs> and mukbang. I felt like I was watching like porn or something. <laughs> Can yeah. you explain what those are to people? Because like even like my sister who's younger than me did not know. I was like, how do you not know what a mukbang is? Yeah, but so explain yeah, what a mukbang so, and ASMR. So ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And it's kind of described as having like a brain orgasm. <laughs> 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 I love that. The braingasm. The braingasm. Yeah. Basically, like any like sound, especially, but it can even be things that you're looking at that give you like the good tingle feelings, mm. you know? Mm. And so it can be applied to non-food things and food things, but I found it in the food space where people it's like amplified the sound of them eating. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a mukbang in that sense. But then there's a more traditional mukbang that still has an ASMR aspect, but it's not as the sound isn't as intense. Mm -hmm. There's talking, conversation, whatever. So I I tried the ASMR thing. It's not really wasn't super my thing. So I just was like, oh my gosh, mukbang! I love to eat. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Who told me? Like, who's hiding this for me that I could just eat on camera? And oh my gosh, yeah, it was the best decision I ever made because it just kind of took off from there. Is a mukbang only eating on camera or is it eating a big amount of food on camera? So traditionally a mukbang, it's actually Korean. It loosely translates to eating broadcast and it started because they were kind of like lonely. And so it was a way for them to be together with each other mm -hmm, and they mm -hmm. would actually the viewers would actually just donate to the people that were doing the broad to share a meal with someone to share a meal with somebody exactly mm -hmm. um it kind of turned into this big like instant noodle 
challenge, big, like fast Uncut, kimchi, crunchy. (laughs) Right, right. It turned into this thing where it's like this large, large amount of food. And I, not going to lie, I tried to do that at first because I'm like, I have a big appetite. I could do this. And it was, I was like, no, 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 I can't do this. This is definitely not something that's sustainable. I can't imagine for anybody in like, you know, if they're trying to be the least bit healthy, you know? Right. So I've tried to pivot my channel to be more of a like different style mukbang where it's more educational. I eat until I'm satisfied and I stop. I always tell my audience, all right, I'm done now. The rest that you see here is going to be eaten by my husband or me (laughs) for leftovers (laughs) or my neighbors who are great. They accept my food all the time. And you say no small bites. That's one of your hashtags that you love to use. I mean, is, <laughs> yeah. is that is that another part of a mukbang that it's a big bite kind of thing? I think people love big bites. It's just, I hate to say there's like a sexual aspect to it, but it feels almost like primal, you know, the whole aspect of it. But aside from people just enjoying watching people take really big bites because they want to take really big bites, right. I just really enjoy them like a lot. I, I, I can say, I call it a mouth hug. <laughs> if I have a mouthful of food, it just feels like a mouth hug, like super comforting to me. And people ask, they're like, how do you take such big bites? I feel like I would like choke or something. And I'm like, I honestly, it just makes me happy. If, <laughs> if I didn't enjoy it and I felt like I was choking, trust me, everybody would not want to watch me eat because I wouldn't look like I was having fun at all. <laughs> Those are people that eat saltines in two bites, not one. Right. You know, and I have to hold the arm out and then clamp down. But something different about you, well, one of the things that is different about you is that you make a lot of your own food, which I love. And it has evolved, which we'll get to with Cake 2 Fitness in a bit. But you make it a point to also do cooking videos. So you're like you're cooking, but then you're also serving it to yourself in this big indulgent portion. So it's, it, it, they are educational. Is that to differentiate yourself or is that just what feels authentic to you? Yeah. So I feel like that's part of the educational bit for me. I think that I'm a very visual learner. And so watching someone do something is the best way for me to learn how to do it. And so that's why I kind of like wanted to show that to them. And then I can kind of explain why I did certain things or give like tips or whatever during the eating portion of the video. And it's also doubled as like an ASMR portion to the video as well, which I think people really enjoy. It's super relaxing for them. Yeah. Um, so soothing to watch cooking videos. Right. So once I finally, once I kind of realized, like landed on, the right little setup and the lighting and saw that people were really enjoying it. I was like, okay, well now anytime pretty much I do a video at home, I should be cooking and teaching and giving them this like relaxing aspect. And you also do pairings now. I've noticed that that's also, I mean, like, it, like you know, whether it's like a, but you're like, you know, this is what I'm going to drink and you know, today. Yeah. And- I wouldn't yeah. call myself, I've, they're not really well thought through. I just like, oh, I've got this bottle of wine in the fridge. Here's what we're drinking with it. Sometimes it's like, oh, it's fish. Okay, I should, maybe I'll grab a Sauvignon Blanc or or, or whatever. <laughs> or I actually, I'm posting a video today. It's uh, like a Mediterranean roasted chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. And it's got um, tzatziki on it. 
And so, you know, to make tzatziki, you have to like grate a cucumber and like squeeze mm-hmm. out all the cucumber mm-hmm. juice. So I made a cucumber juice and vodka. Nice. <laughs> Very like, nice. Well, that's easy. <laughs> and speaking of cooking, are, are you completely self-taught? Uh, yep. I, again, I'm a very visual learner. So watching mm-hmm. my mom, watching the Food Network, seeing people like repeat the same processes and and everything over and over and over again, I just mm-hmm. kind of like learned the steps more or less. And then when I started cooking, there were like tons of mistakes made. So it was just a matter of like learning from my mistakes and figuring out what to do different the next time, research, all of that. And so you're, you talked about your mom and growing up in South Florida so can you tell me about where you grew up and what it was like, like what your cultural influences were in your cuisine? Because like I noticed like there's a lot of noodles and pasta, which I love because I'm a total noodle whore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like I didn't know if you have Mediterranean in your in your line or what. So it's funny. I actually don't know too much about like my lineage. I'm Mm -hmm. actually going to like take one of those tests soon to find out really. Yeah. I think I'm part like French Canadian and a little bit of like British or something, but I don't know for sure. I think my influences definitely came from my mom who also loves pasta and she cooked a lot of, I'd say Italian food growing up, but a lot of just like comfort food. So that's where I, my comfort zone was when I first started cooking and I've tried to just expand from there. Cause I really love so many different types of food, but, but you yeah, do pasta. like comfort food, like blanketed and cheese. And I think that's like another thing that's so nice about your videos is that like, I don't, I don't really want to watch somebody eat fast food. I want to eat, watch somebody eat like a beautiful like noodle slurping it up the way I would if I was like sitting there by myself like those big spiral ones that you do every time you eat those I'm like I I want pasta now (laughs) I don't know why that noodle always makes me want pasta when I see you use it funny story about that noodle it's called cologne Pompeii and I bought so much of that noodle from the online shop that sells it that they sold out of it for like a month and a half. It was like 10 pounds of this Cologne Pompeii pasta. And then all of a sudden, everyone's like, it's sold out. It's sold out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I mean, you do. I mean, you seem like you're having fun when you're doing these videos. And even if it's just acting, I'm buying <laughs> So, no, I, when I first started mukbang, I was, I was kind of hard on myself. And, and every time I made a mistake, I was like, oh, dang it, I have to redo that. And it's got to be perfect. And I started watching this other girl who was like highlighting all of her mistakes and laughing at it, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of what I started to do every time I felt like I messed up or something didn't happen or I dropped something or whatever it is. I just started kind of laughing at it, making a joke out of it or making a funny face and people have really resonated with it. And it's made the process like way more enjoyable for me. (laughs) What is your interaction like with your audience? I mean, for people that don't know, you can like make some serious coin off of being a content creator and a mukbanger. I mean, would you say that you have had success? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's taken a little while to build up my audience to really see a decent income from it. TikTok is huge too. Um, my TikTok income just this year has gone way, way up. Uh, oh, I'm sure people are definitely captive. Yeah. But it's funny, my relationship with my audience is kind of different on every platform. 
YouTube, I have the best audience. People that settle in, they know me. They're great. Other audiences, like on Instagram, where I post teasers, and they're meant to be like, oh, I want to see more. Some people mm-hmm. don't realize that they're teasers. So I get a lot of, um, I get accused a lot of the time of not being authentic, not swallowing my food or having an eating disorder, a lot of things that are actually kind of triggering for me. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say my relationship with my audience is generally good, but I do get a lot of negative feedback from people that I am working through going to therapy. <laughs> so. Well, that's, I mean, that's the other thing I, I used to go, like when I first started writing 15 years ago, I started with like blogger when I was living in San Francisco. And then when I moved back to Atlanta and now when is the blissful glutton? And like, I was like eating everything and I would like go to like a country and I would like have like five lunches to like hit all the hot spots, you know, to feel like I hadn't missed anything, but I was not happy. Yeah. And I, I've struggled with my weight my entire life. Like I'm not obese, like, but I've always been like 20 pounds overweight, you know? And back in the day I did fun, fun. I did, I've tried everything. And I'm really at the point now, which I've been exploring in these podcasts where I'm just like sick of it and trying to dismantle diet culture. And I've watched you, um, which if people don't know, Lindsay is incredibly physically fit on top of, you know, eating the portions that she does. I've watched you kind of evolve hunger diaries into this new spinoff account, which is cake Two fitness, which is so cool because you're eating a lot. Cause I love to eat. I love the way it feels in my mouth. Like for me, it's not that I'm hungry. I just, I love the sensation. <laughs> like, what is it like? Someone's like happy dance or something. There's like a word in Korean, like when your mouth is happy, that <laughs> sensation. But I really, I, I feel that. And I love that now on cake Two fitness, you know, you talk about workouts and also, you know, you will present like a huge plate of pasta, but then you're like, but hello, you can have pasta. Here are the macros. Here are the good fats that you're having for your body. And I mean, we're watching you go through the journey. Yeah. Um, so can you just talk about that? Whatever's, you know, I don't want to trigger anything, but like, no, I think no, no. That you have so I, much to teach yeah, those of no, us who love I, cake. So for a long time, Growing up, I was a little, I wouldn't say I was like overweight, overweight. I mean, I was probably, I had like maybe 10 pounds or so of extra, extra stuff on me. And I could never figure out why. Like I, you know, while I was eating my mom's food, (laughs) which was, you know, pretty high in fat, but more so I, I wasn't ever taking into consideration that I have such a big appetite. If I eat the size meal that I, it would be normal for me three times a day that's way too much Mm -hmm. for me. And it's not something that I really grasped until later in life that it's going to be different for every single person. And, you know, people ask me like how I eat the way I do and stay in shape. And I wanted to be able to just say, oh, well, I eat one meal a day or, you know, because it's not always the case or I, you know, I watch what I eat or I count macros, but it didn't feel like a super simple answer So I just decided to create this program surrounding it to kind of teach people what I do. So, I mean, in essence, what, like what you said, no food should ever be demonized. You know, we shouldn't ever look at any one food like it's bad. Good and bad food just really can be traumatic too. That you're like, oh, I was bad last night. And it just creates like this whole shame spiral, that cycle rather that never ends. Yeah. And I, 
I had that, you know, there were certain foods that I wouldn't eat because of just the perspective that I had on that food about what other people were saying. Oh, it has carbs. Carbs are bad. Can't eat that. Oh, it has fat. Fat is bad. What's really left after you, you know, you take all these things that that the diet industry says is bad. I mean, you're going to starve to death, you know, and to your point, what you were saying about uh, good fats and everything, I'm all about balance. I mean, fat, I want to teach people what fat does, you know, what carbs do, what protein does, what having them in the right ratios does. And that if you're going to eat a cheeseburger, it's not the end of the world. It's just about knowing, hi, here's a cheeseburger. It's 800 calories. It's got this much saturated fat. Here's all of the micronutrients that this cheeseburger has. By the way, the cheese has calcium. It's not the devil. You know, Mm -hmm. just like Mm -hmm. looking at food in a different way and being able to see all of the micronutrients that it's giving you, the energy that it's giving you are calories. And being able to balance that out with the rest of your day or your week or whatever, you know, so that you can fit all of these things that you love into your diet. And that's exactly what I do with my videos. I'm very calculated. I will kind of look at what I want to do my video on. I will input everything into my little tracker app just for like the whole meal. And then I'll say, all right, well, this whole thing has 5,000 calories. Say it's like a mac and cheese and the whole thing's got 5,000 calories. And I want to eat my maintenance calories for the day. Basically something that my body is just going to need to survive. No more, no less. I can have a quarter of it. And I'm not like super, super precise because I feel like that's just not sustainable to be like crazy, crazy precise and have to be perfect on everything. So I just have a quarter of it. And then I stop because I know where I'm at and I save the rest and that's it. You know, I just feel like there's a, there's a power in knowing what your body needs and then knowing how to apply that to what you eat. And then you can eat that amount in 10 meals, one meal, however many makes you happy. It's really, it should be applied person to person and people shouldn't, shouldn't say, oh, like this is what you have to do and everybody's got to do it. I just feel like that's such a bad way to look at it. You're listening to The Food That Binds with Jennifer Zeman. This is my conversation with Lindsay Green Moser. So what's your perspective on dieting, like Weight Watchers and stuff like that? Do you think it works? I just don't think diets are sustainable. I think if people are on a diet, they're eating in a way that isn't necessarily their preference, right? And sooner or later, whether that's two days, two weeks, two months, they're going to revert back to their old way of eating. And with that, they will likely like gain the weight back or whatever. And so if you can figure out a way to be incorporating these foods that you love and not have to make sacrifices, then that to me is the most sustainable model. Yeah. Like you're saying, like you can't just eat like, you know, boring food, like plain chicken with rice and broccoli at every meal. Right. You know? Who's right. going to enjoy that for the rest of their lives? They're Which is what not. every trainer tells you to eat and like canned tuna. Oh, uh, it's awful. And then, yeah. and then of course there's the dreaded cheat day, you know, oh, you eat, you, you suffer for five days or six days. So you can have like this delicious cheeseburger at the end of the week. I'm like, why not just fit these things in and balance it out. I mean, I I just feel like life's too short. Life's too short to eat that many bad meals 
You know, <laughs> why are you going to give yourself 5% or 10% satisfaction with eating, which is like something that I think worldwide universally gives people so much comfort and pleasure. You know, people talk about eating healthy, eating for their body. Well, what about your soul? I mean, anxiety and stress, that's a huge, huge, like negative for your health too. And I don't think people really weigh it heavily enough, just like keeping themselves happy and stress-free. That's why I just kind of got to the point where like, I'm going to be 45 and like, I'm sick of trying to just lose that last 20 pounds, you know, maybe like fighting where my body's set point just seems to want to be here. And like, I do Legree, which is an incredibly hard workout and do that three times a week. And I have, I do Peloton and I'm, I'm very physically fit, but my BMI, according to my male doctor is not where it should be. So, you know, what? You know. if you like being the weight that you are, that's what should matter. And I tell everybody, go to your doctor and like, get your cholesterol checked. Like if your cholesterol is high, like try to bring your cholesterol down. Like how is it really affecting your health? Not just the way you look or the number on the scale. Yeah. The stress of trying to be smaller can sometimes be more detrimental, I think, or that relationship with food on a daily basis where it is that pull and, you know, push, like I want the cheeseburger, but if I have it, I'm bad. Or if I have this cheeseburger, then I have to punish myself by eating, you know, just greens with no dressing. No. And and it should never be, it should never be a reward system that's working out, you know, working out and eating, they shouldn't be based on that. For me, working out is not, I mean, yes, I burn more calories in the day. So I'm able to eat more. It's kind of like a, like a yay thing, but it's mm-hmm. not like a punishment at all. I enjoy doing it. And my main reason is to get stronger and to feel better. Because mm-hmm. every single morning after I work out, I feel happier. I have less stress. I feel energized. I just feel good and ready to tackle the day. And as a plus, I'm building like my muscle definition, which, mm-hmm. you know, I like feeling empowered like that. And I get to eat another, like, I get to eat a little bit more. But <laughs> I, I, I don't look at that as a reward, though. It's just a bonus. And on right. days, I could eat the exact same food on a day that I don't work out. And I just know, all right, well, you should have a little bit less. And of course, some days we're just like, we throw it all out the window. We're on vacation. We're going to eat 10, not 10,000 calories, but like (laughs) double our calories for the day, triple our calories. Like, and we come home, we're 10 pounds heavier. I mean, it happens to everybody and we shouldn't feel badly about that either. No, because you're living. It's, it's enjoying it and feeding your soul. Right. Uh, What's the point of living life if you're not going to enjoy it, right? Well, I think we're just all like sadly programmed by everything that we've seen, you know, growing up. Um, But do you, with this new program, do diet recommendations as well, or is it just a workout program with Kate 2 Fitness? Can you explain what that is? Yeah, so we have our workouts uh, Monday through Friday that um, I actually have my buddy, who's my trainer, Corey, does programs, all the workouts, and then I do all of them live as like a coach. Mm-hmm. And then nutritionally, we have a macro calculator. We give macro recommendations, mostly for protein. And then we kind of let people like, we, we give them a starting point and then let them kind of play around with it. Protein mm-hmm. being the most important thing though. So we give them those macro recommendations. And then I've been doing a live video every couple of weeks on my macros for my videos. So I will pull up the screenshots and I explain, you know, 
why I was able to eat the food in this video, like how I was able to strategize it um, or with the other days in the week, um, what it really did for me, micronutrient-wise, macronutrient-wise, calorie-wise, etc. And then I also give them tips on like how to actually input the food into the tracker because I think that that's really um, daunting for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, I can't track, I can't track, it's too overwhelming, you know? Um, so I'm trying to make it an easier process for people to like understand, okay, these are my macros. This is how I input them. And we are actually changing that aspect of the program to create like a, a short video series on all mm -hmm. of these little topics individually so that people can go whenever they want and look up very spe specific topics to see, okay, this is how I, these are the tips for tracking food at home, or these are the tips for tracking food while I'm out. This is how I balance out my, my week with macros, et cetera, et cetera. So we do have those. And then we also have these lists, which I spent, oh my gosh, it seemed like forever on. Um, for every macronutrient and micronutrient, I created lists high in every single one of them. Um, so it has the food listed, how much of your daily value or grams of protein, for instance, it has, how many calories that has. Um, and we do it for uh, per 100 grams and per like American typical like American serving and they're all sortable. So people can go if they're like, man, I've been tracking my food and I notice I'm really low in calcium or potassium is like everybody's low in potassium. So you can go to the potassium list on our website and see, okay, these are all the foods that are like high in potassium. And maybe today I've got, you know, this many calories left or whatever. So I can like sort by calories. Oh, here's a food high in potassium. I'll incorporate that. And is this like a paid thing or is it like a mix of free and paid? Yes. Yeah, so it is paid. It is paid right now. Um, we have a monthly option and a yearly option and we're, because we're making some improvements to the program and we're going to be completely redoing the site. Um, we are, it's going to be 1999 a month and then 1249 or 1299 a year. If you pay, if you pay yearly, it'll be that much monthly and then $19.99 a month if you pay monthly. Mm -hmm. So it is a paid program. I would love to be able to offer it all for free, but you know, you got to make money. I mean, yeah. you got to support yourself. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> can't give and, it all away for free. And I, I used to do CrossFit, which I absolutely loved. Um, that was actually how I really got into working out and fitness and everything. Um, I just loved the competition of it. You know, you go and you like know the people and there's always a score and the workouts are quick and painful and effective, you know? <laughs> and so that's what we've tried modeling our program after. We always keep score, but CrossFit is so expensive. I mean, it's like $200 a month. And so we're like, all right, well, this is a way more affordable option to be able to get that same kind of community aspect. We have a Facebook group with our like whole community on it. How big is your community now? Uh, so we've got about 250 members. That's pretty good. Since when yeah. did you start this? Uh, it's been a little over a year, about a year and a half actually. And okay. I've been, I'm a huge perfectionist, which has always been like an Achilles heel of mine. And I, so I haven't been pushing the program as much this year because there's so many little things that I've wanted to do to make it perfect for everybody before I really start pushing it again. 
but yeah, I just hired somebody to redo the site and we're making all these improvements. We've just redone some other things and yeah, I'm really, really excited to see and to show everybody what this is really turning into because yeah, it's, it's like I've, I've created a custom program that I would want to do, you know, something that I could continue doing for an extended period of time, something that I know I would be able to afford um, and that I could afford when I, five years ago or whatever. So it's been amazing putting it together and watching it evolve and seeing how it's helped other people too within the community to just see like that they don't feel like guilty, you know, about going out and, and having this like nice dinner or it's their birthday and they had cake or whatever it is. It's just great to see, Oh, here's my, my macros for the day. And tomorrow I know I need to be higher on protein, lower in calories, whatever doesn't stress them out anymore. They don't feel like they need to punish themselves for the slice of cake that they had or whatever. And I mean, as someone like, you know, who is in the food space, do you ever, do you ever get sick of it? I mean, do you ever get sick of like making the videos and doing the mukbangs? Are you still enjoying it? You know, I do have a little bit of burnout sometimes. And actually right now, the past month or so, I've been a little burned out. And whenever that happens, I just film less, you know, until I like really want to film again. I give, you know, if it's that I've like gained five pounds from a vacation and I want to, I want to knock it back off or whatever it is, like maybe I won't film for a week, you know, or maybe I'll film only once in a week instead of twice or three times. Yeah. I just, you take care of yourself. Yeah. I want to take care of myself because I know if I continue doing things, continue filming and I'm not enjoying it, everyone's going to know. Yeah. People are smart. They know when I'm not enjoying something (laughs) (laughs) and then it won't be as fun to watch. And I don't want that for them. I don't want that for me. It's these, these videos are too time consuming to film just like sourcing the food, cooking the food, filming, and then editing. And if you're a perfectionist too, I'm sure there's another layer of that. Yeah, especially with the editing aspect, you know, it takes me four, five hours to, you know, edit just the big video. And then it'll take me another hour to edit the Instagram teaser. And, you know, and then I've got to edit the cover photo for YouTube and, and everything. <laughs> the TikTok. Yeah. And then there's and making real. TikTok videos and <laughs> yeah, it can be overwhelming. So, and sometimes when I'm, when I'm burned out with mukbang, I'll just start filming TikTok videos and vice versa. How do you protect yourself though? Because, you know, as somebody who is public facing and, and has lots of social media myself, I mean, being on output all the time, you know, as for me, a journalist, podcaster, my mom, you know, da, 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 da. like it can be really exhausting. You mentioned going to therapy earlier. I don't know what you're comfortable talking about, but you know, like I suffer from anxiety disorder, which I've been really upfront about here and take Zoloft, which is a godsend. But, you know, I know that the past year has been really tough for a lot of people and just myself, like you say, the past month, like I've had a really hard time the past month being productive. Like my editors are like, where are these articles? And I'm like, they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> they're coming. I just like want to just You're watch like, it's Housewives. summer, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to like watch bad TV. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like, how do you take care of your mental health as a content creator because like you mentioned earlier people on the internet can be mean and also demanding like even for me like they're like recipe please like just when you make something 
And I'm like, to write a recipe in a comment is like, you know. I know, I know. Everybody wants what they want when they want it. They think they're the only ones that want something. It's just what, how it is. Um, I, truth be told, am not, am not great at dealing with all of the negativity yet. I have never been great at dealing with negativity. I was, you know, I had been bullied a little bit as a kid. And I feel like it's kind of happening again now, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what the hell? I thought that this was over, <laughs> you know? Um, so I talked to my therapist about it and, you know, she tells me I should just hire out somebody to like, look through my comments and my DMs and delete the bad ones or block the people that are being rude or and it's not authentic if somebody else is doing it. Yeah, I know. I just, and I like responding to the people that are really nice. It's just, you know, you can't see the bad comments without seeing the good comments. You know, you're going to yeah. look at them. You're going to see everything. So some days are better than others is all I'm going to say. Some days <laughs> I'm able to just brush it off and say, okay, here we go again. You know, and some days I am like, that is not what I do. And blah, 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 <laughs> and blah, 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 you know, <laughs> I can't deal with it. It's like the more frustrating aspect for me is like when people tell you the truth about you, you know, this is what you are. And I'm like, well, this is news to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for letting me well, know. How do you possibly convince something, the truth of something that they just have no idea about and that you're the only one that knows the real truth of? And I have a big issue with, with that. And people are just bored, unhappy, whatever it is, they want to take it out on somebody else and they're always going to exist. So I've got to find peace with it in one way, shape or form because I won't be able to fix all of these people. I won't be able to make everybody happy. It's just the truth of the matter. That's that's healthy. I mean, what would you say to, you know, people that are just starting out though, that are younger content creators that might not have as much experience as you, because people like, like you said, people are even meaner this year. So, you know, and you know, the younger, the younger they are, the meaner they are. Unfortunately, TikTok is is got to be the worst platform as far as how mean people are to me and each other. I mean, they get into these comment battles with each other and I just delete the whole thread. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you have to have really thick skin. And, you know, for anybody that's just young or starting out, I'd say try to block out the noise. Don't feel like you need to have it all figured out right away work through the creative process, do what feels right now. And maybe it'll, it'll evolve into this, that, or the other thing. So definitely would say, don't be afraid to pivot whenever you feel like it. You don't need to have everything perfect right away. And there's always going to be somebody that has a problem with what you do. So just do what you want because it's your life and you got to make you happy before everybody else. And I mean, do you ever feel like overwhelmed by the amount of social media that you have to use to stay relevant these days, like TikTok and now there's reels, you know, like I'm always like, yeah, you know, when will it stop and how many other platforms would there be? I mean, a lot of people tend to focus on one platform. I've got three that I'm focusing on. I don't know how I could possibly add another. I know they had like clubhouse had started and I was like, you know, I joined it and my husband was like, Oh, this clubhouse thing could be good. Blah, blah, blah. 
And just the thought of it was overwhelming to me. I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, Maybe down the line, maybe, but it is overwhelming. There's too many things. And I would hope that some of it drops off. I was you know? to say, do you ever want to just like leave <laughs> something? Like I tried doing TikTok videos for a little bit and I was like, this just is not me. You know, like I love the dances. Like I did hip hop dancing forever. I'll do those in, the, in my room. But like in terms of food content, it just wasn't me, you know. And I yeah. know I have to have that video YouTube or something out there, but I just can't. And I just have to be okay with maybe I'm not as relevant as I would, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, if I were to X out a platform, I would actually love for it to be Instagram, as crazy as that is. I mean, I, I feel like I started on Instagram. But YouTube feels worthwhile to me because when I post content there, I make decent money off of it. Instagram, you know, they've been, they've put in place the same kind of system where you can add ads to your IGTV videos, but they are, I mean, I get double or triple the views on an IGTV video than on YouTube and I make like a third of the the it's money. It's so weird how the conversions work. It really yeah. is. Well, they're only showing one ad, I think, and they're not showing it to everybody. Whereas YouTube, they kind of show an ad at the beginning of everything. So right mm-hmm. off the bat, you know, you've got an ad on under your belt. So yeah, I mean, I love YouTube. And I've, as I said before, I love the audience there. So I would love to continue cultivating that community. Instagram just feels like I've done this forever. I've got to keep up with this. But it's extra work. And TikTok is way less work and more money than all the other places. So I feel like if anything, I would want to keep TikTok. That's good and- to know. maybe I need to drop Instagram because I'm not making any money there but so is there anything you know you're talking about all your different businesses is there anything that you want to plug you know like where can people find you yeah so obviously my the hunger diaries on Instagram I'm at the underscore hunger underscore diaries on YouTube I'm just the hunger diaries TV TikTok just the hunger diaries straight through I do the eating videos on YouTube and Instagram. And then I do just like kind of the overhead cooking videos on TikTok uh, for anybody that's interested in like learning a little something or wanting just kind of a relaxing watching me eat session. And then, yeah, for anyone that's just like loves food and wants to enjoy it without feeling guilty or, you know, wants to get in shape and still enjoy the foods that they love and not have to deal with these crappy unnecessary diets uh yeah cake to fitness is the fitness program that i have and on instagram it's at cake to fitness it's c-a-k-e-t-o-o it's written on my shirt cake to fitness cake to fitness.com is our website where they can sign up if they'd like we are going to be relaunching the program I believe mid-october uh, so i will say if anybody wanted to uh keep the lower pricing that we have right now and get in early, I would recommend that because it gets grandfathered in. And once the prices go up, they go up. Um, but nice. if you come in now, then you will pay that price for the lifetime of your membership. And these so, are all workouts people can do in their home? Yep, they are. I do it all in this little space here. Um, so it's like, I don't know, six or seven feet by three yes, feet literally next to your bed literally <laughs> next to my bed Everyone I got a kettlebell room. here I got some dumbbells ankle weights some resistance bands um I but you only need resistance bands for our at-home workouts and either a kettlebell or like a gallon jug of water we say you can get if you don't want to invest in a kettlebell 
And then we also have gym workouts as well that are a little bit, you know, more intense because you can add more, more weight, more equipment. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. I appreciate your time and I love what you do. Thank you so much, Jennifer. This was a lot of fun. I'm really glad we got a chance to finally connect. And Same. yeah, I, I, maybe next time I'm in Atlanta, we can eat not 10 lunches together. We can just like <laughs> go and pasta. have one amazing meal together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, be well and have a good year. Thank you All so right. much. Thanks so All much. Right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's our episode. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Lindsay for being here. If you want to keep up with her, you can find her on social media as The Hunger Diaries or Cake 2 Fitness. If you want to keep up with me, you can find me as Jennifer Zeman. That's Z as in zebra, Y-M-A-N, or Through the Binds. Next week, I'm joined by Bill Addison, the restaurant critic for the Los Angeles Times. Bill has held positions as a critic for Eater, the San Francisco Chronicle, the Dallas Morning News, Atlanta Magazine, and Creative Loafing Atlanta, which is where I met him. He's one of my favorite food writers and people, and I know you'll love listening to his story. Again, we're back on Wednesday, and this is Jennifer Zeman, your host of the Food That Binds on the Eat, Drink, Dine podcast network.